Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. God, I'm exhausted. Gene, how are you, man? <laughs> wow. Welcome to the uh, War Champ postgame call-in show where I think we're going to be talking about the garnet, the gold, and the black and the white today a little bit. Uh, Gene Williams. That's it right there. Kerry Robinson nailed it. That's all I need to say right there. Good oh. win regardless, but. Whew, man. You know what? For the Knowles to battle against 11 people on the other side of the football, Gene, and an officiating crew on top of it and come out with a win today. This game should have been about Florida State blowing Boston College out, dominating the line of scrimmage, especially the, the uh, Florida State front four. Instead, we'll be talking about nonsense, but we also will be talking about Florida State with a win and a chance to be eligible for a bowl next week with a win over the University of Florida. Welcome, everybody. This is the WarChant Postgame Show. He's Gene Williams, the founder and administrator of WarChant.com. My name is Tom Lang, the director of original content at WarChant. We ask you. The result is what you wanted. You may be angry at the officials, but <laughs> don't be angry with us. Give us that thumbs up because we're going to talk about how bad they were today. Trust us. Give us the thumbs up at the bottom of this video. It finds more Noel fans who are looking for postgame coverage. We appreciate your assist. And if you have not subscribed to our channel yet, please do so. All the buttons are right underneath Gene Williams. Gene, I give you the floor. Where would you like to start? Because there's good stuff to talk about. And yeah. then there's that ragtag stuff to talk about, too. With the ACC officials, time is a flat circle there. Go ahead. I'll say it's a lot more fun to bitch about the officiating, the horrible officiating this game after a win because you're like, you still won. It's a whole different animal when you lose. And then it's like, oh, you're blaming the officials for the loss, blah, blah, blah. So it was good. You know, I was very, really like the game plan coming into this thing. Uh, they had Boston College on their heels. Uh, it, it was great. They were just expecting Florida State to run, 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 and they did some short little play action, get the ball out in space. I love the play out to Ja'Kai early on to get them out in space, get your playmakers out there. Really, and it, that set the tone I liked. And, of course, the defense coming out, you know, they had no answer for Florida State's defensive line. I mean, it threw them off of what they do well, and that's throwing the football. When Jermaine Johnson, Keir, and those guys are able to get constantly in his face, and it threw everything off for them. And again, as you kind of hinted at the beginning, if not for some just ridiculous cavalcade of call after call, overturned, non-hold, this and this and this, ridiculous targeting, everything else, Florida State wins in a blowout. They win going away. The officials kept them in the game. Every time they're about to put the game away, they kept them in the game. They kept them in the game. They kept them in the game. Got to the point you're like, damn, they scored three straight times in the second half, and it's a three-point game. 
thank goodness you got that stop. And, you know, I know a lot of times we criticize clock management. I love the way Mike Norvell, that last drive, how he was able to eat up the clock and not give, even give him the ball back, not even have to kick it. So well done, Mike Norvell in the squad by doing that and beating both the ACC and Boston College. So congrats to you. One game for being bowl eligible. Yeah, I, I will tell you, Gene. Uh, I'll get the, the bad thing out of the way. It's very small. But it was. It looked like it might have been a key situation. It was the fourth and one, the delay of game. That's that's on my. That's on. Yeah, I agree. That was that, that was on FSU. But wait it. a minute. To me, I want to go back when I thought about that. Ago, that was a quick thirty seconds. I don't know how quick they reset yeah. the clock because it didn't seem like it had been that long. Yeah. And I, I want to go back, but in the game, I don't want to have time to do that. I was like, how did those thirty seconds go by so fast? It looks like they just lined up to take the snap, and all of a sudden, the clock runs out. Yeah. Kevin, we appreciate your contribution to the program, to everybody who's in that chat. We see you guys. We see your frustration. And I've, we've got something for you. We like to entertain you at the World yes. Game Show. So let me take down the score real quick before I put up one of two things. That's right. You tried. Yeah, you did. You guys tried today. But guess what? You failed. You didn't this cover, is- bitches. You tried to make sure BC covered, but nope. Oh, my. You lost your bet. That dude's name is Gary Patterson, Gene, and he's been bad at his job forever. He got thrown out of the SEC. Uh, everybody talks about Flanagan, old back in the day, Ron Cherry here in the ACC. That dude, that dude is the one. That's the guy who is just, his crew is always in the middle of terrible. And I think the ACC hired him with like 24 hours. So like, oh, we can't wait to get the cast off from the SEC. Yep. Yes. There There's we go. Uncle June. I think Uncle June has better eyesight than half the guys <laughs> out there in the field today. We're going to get to the highlights in a little bit, folks, and a couple of them are the bad calls. But you're right, Gene. Every time this game was in a position to be an absolute blowout, like, to the tune of 25, 30-point victory for the Knolls, there was a key moment. I mean, you could start even in the beginning of the game with the offensive pass interference call on Jordan Wilson. Oh. That's absurd. You could go Even Hasselback's the- like, uh, that's a bad call. It was. You know the Boston College guy's honor during the game says it's a bad call. Here's here's the deal, Gene. I am the last person to be the official screwed-us guy. Like, I mean, really, because I know that there's emotions involved in watching the game as fans, and sometimes we allow those to get the better of us. But when you have objective evidence that piles higher than Doak Campbell Stadium itself, at some point you have to say that these guys put their hands on the steering wheel and course-corrected the game. This would have been something that we would laugh about and kid about in the third quarter. Instead, it was another opportunity for Florida State to show their mental toughness and show it they did because think about it, Gene. Now you got the Syracuse game where you blew a 10-point lead. Miami came back last week, went on a 28-3 run, and then you've got this disaster that was a combination of BC and the officials, and Florida State found a way to win each time. That's got to be booing moving forward. Yeah, no, it's it tests your mental resolve. There's no doubt about it. But you're yeah, I got to overcome it because these things do happen. Even when a, in a good officiating, normal officials, not ACC, occasionally you get a bad break here and there. You have to figure out how to overcome adversity. Now this team has done it in spades the past few weeks. You pointed out those examples. So again, it goes to like you know the players talked about in interviews recently how they will put the players in practice in ridiculous situations. Like this will never happen in a game. But you got to figure out a way to overcome it. You saw that again in the game. You, you real at this point for that defense to get the stop. BC came in the second half, scored. Honestly, Tom and I said to a couple people, I was around. I said if Florida State goes to the beginning of the half, what they didn't do against Miami, they get the ball, they go down and score. The game's over. Right. I didn't think there was any way BC was going to come back. They scored touchdowns on three straight drives. Many of them officiated. You know they benefited in that quite a bit, but that's a lot to overcome a team that was held to three points and a half and they scored three straight touchdowns. What is going on here? Oh, but yeah. yeah, you're right. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. They, they, they did enough what they had to do to win. 
They managed it correctly. They got the stop on defense when it seemed like BC was moving at will. But you know what? At the end of the day, when you control that line of scrimmage, you're getting in the quarterback's face when they got to come back. It eventually pays dividends. The officials kept bailing them out every time it paid dividends. But this time, enough was enough. And that that won the game. uh, You know, I I wish we could count uh, how many times Florida State won the football game today, Gene, because (laughs) I think we would have been eligible for a bowl just on today alone if you were doing it that way. Uh, we appreciate you, John. Thank you so much for your contribution. Yeah, thanks, John. Uh, we've got some other folks to thank here, too. But, Gene, before uh, we get to that and we get to the callers in a little bit, you want the stats first or do you want the highlights first? What do you think? Let's just look real quick at the stats. We'll go through them real fast. And, and a great game by Jordan, first of all. Yep. Um, you want to go individual? You know, I, I know everybody wants to talk about the uh, – you know, always in throw for 300 yards. Man, again, three touchdown passes – Yep. He did not have an it did not have a turnover in the game. He played it smart. Um that's yep. just what you want. 20 out of 34. No bad he didn't make bad decisions. He made plays when he had to. He ran a little bit. Um I mean he only ended up with uh, I mean 26 a lot of the sack yards, yardage. but still, yeah, a lot of sack yardage on there too. Yep. But I mean he did what he had to do. Um well, so I mean, I'll, just I'm very impressed with him. You ran, you know, you ran fairly well. I thought you would actually run for 114 yards. Again, some of that is negated by sacks, but I yeah. thought you honestly would go over 200 yards in the game. But you know, a lot of the game plan was get the ball out in space. A lot of the, kind of the extended running game where they threw the ball out there to a lot of the receivers, Jakai, those kind of people. So I really like the game plan. Um, yep. They I don't know if anything else jump. Anything else? Of course, you saw the 13 penalties on there. For yeah. 120 yards, that's obviously the stat that just is the only reason the game was this close is that's the number one stat. Yeah, to me, I'd say about five of those are legitimate, and, and I'm not kidding. Yeah, I feel like so eight it should have been five to five. Yeah, yeah, I think it's eight of them are either debatable or downright awful, and and about five of them you just go, guys, what are you doing? Like the delay of game being one of those. Uh, there was a, a holding on a, on a punt return. Like, okay, those things happen, but but a lot of other calls were just unbelievably monumental, both on the offense and on the defense. And there were non-calls. There were a couple holds on BC that went unknown. I mean, obvious guys being just freaking hugged, yes. hang-tied in the back, and guys run right by him and no call. I mean, yeah, that, the that, answer- that, was, that doesn't show up in the stats, but those were there too. Yeah, to your point, Gene, about the rushing total felt like a better day. There it is. It's highlighted right there. Sack adjusted mm-hmm. rush yardage, 5.1 a carry. That felt about That's right. bad. That's not bad. You take no, that. not bad at all. And and your average yards per play is 5.6. It was in the mid to upper sixes after three quarters. Uh, BC's was around, you know, three and a half, four, even with a couple of big plays in the second half. So you were dominating this football game. And I, I do yeah. want to start there. Since you brought up Jordan Travis, I know a lot of people would want to point to the defense again this week and, and they should i mean that front four was unbelievable it set yeah. the tone of this game and it made jerkovic think twice about everything he did you could see mm-hmm. how it changed your game was. plan i'm thinking some of those fourth downs when they the, the fourth down stop fsu got i was like what are they doing on fourth and two running between the tackles against this defense line i think they were afraid to have him go back yeah at, at that point in the game the way we were dominating yes that was the better call for them at least they thought but on fourth and two it just it wasn't enough but gene i i, I want to start with jordan travis here i thought that's the most sharp that he's looked in any game this season. The throws he was mm-hmm. making, the decisions he was making, the one thing I put it on Twitter, I was so steamed about that OPI call on the first drive because what happens in that play, you've got a blitzer coming off the right. He sees it before the snap, walks up to the line of scrimmage, says, guys, settle down, checks us into something else, snaps the ball, reads it through, finds Jordan for a wide-open first down. Those types of processing moments, plus after the snap, you've got good footwork, you're calm, mm-hmm. you're poised, 
all of that stuff. He did that all day today, Gene. That rail route, by the way, that's his. That's forever his route. He loves that route, doesn't he? I, I think the best thing that we can say about Jordan Travis now, it, it sounds kind of obvious, but when he drops back to pass, you expect now more than you ever have before that there's going to be a good decision made. Maybe not always a completion, but that he's going to make a good decision. And if there's a rail route down the right sidelines, I expect that to be completed just about every time. And you almost had the one was it right before the end of the half too. I think you had that one down there that you know didn't. Yes. I forget who it was. They didn't hold on to it. But um, I just thought as a pure quarterback today, he was yeah. as good as he's been all season long. Why is Dillingham about that too? Because he brought up how he's now suddenly he's making checks and that he's reading things, making the checks, the poise, the confidence, which is something I said. And he didn't really answer directly. Like that's a lot different than it was a year ago because he wasn't yeah. doing that a year ago. And that's what it was trying to tell people. Man, this guy's growing as a quarterback. You can see it. And you see when he goes to the sidelines, the confidence, he's into it now. Before it was just kind of like, well, I'm going to run around and hope to make a play. He's actually a quarterback now. He's yes. doing everything a quarterback needs to do, and we're seeing the results. And Florida State, they won, which is great. That's what, at the end of the day, FSU wants. They should have won going away. Um, but, again, we don't need to keep getting it. I'm sure we will. I'm sure some of the callers and the people want to talk about that, and that's fine. But you're right. Hey. It really was a dominating performance, I thought, by Jordan Travis and the defense. Yeah, Kim, thank you very much. My wife makes me do this. Well, yeah. The we ACC officials, thank your wife. The ACC officials also take uh, take years off of your life. So, Well, uh, here's we, here's one for you. Oh, oh wait. Sorry, go go back. You, oh, you got it. Oh, Vishal. Vishal. Man, you come in every week, man. You are. I don't know if he's a pillar, but he needs to be one of the postgame pillars there, Tom. Oh, yeah. Thank <laughs> you, Vishal, man. Uh, I mean, unbelievable what we overcame today. There is no doubt about it. We appreciate your support, man. And uh, and this is – it's a therapy session for everybody. So if you're yes. a caller who's on hold right now, you dialed 850-805-5911 on the War Champ postgame show, you're allowed. You're allowed to rant your ass off. You deserve it. Because that game should have been two hours, 45 minutes, rock and chair, get in, get out. Instead, it's three and a half hours of you're doing this. You've got to be kidding me. I thought Jacksonville State was the low point of the season. You would have felt so viscerally ready to punch something, a wall, a pillow, hopefully not your friend. Like, it's just unbelievable how close this game came to being the black mark of all black marks on ACC officiating. But it wasn't. And that's saying something because they set a high bar, Tom. Yeah, that's a high bar to overcome, and they almost did it. Oh, would you? Well, uh, let me ask you that. I'm just assuming that's true because to me it, it is. But what about you, Gene? Do you think if that happened and BC won, do you think that would have been of all the ACC's accomplishments in officiating? That would have I'm been trying to remember some of the worst. I mean, in terms of the entire game, I still think yeah. that Miami game, the Nigel Bradham, Nigel yeah. Bradham one, you remember that there at the beginning, there was a catch and fumble, and it's just for the entire game. I mean, there's games like you know, the Clemson game. That Jimbo year where they did the bogus holding call. But, again, it's one call here or there. Right. This game from beginning to end, it just seemed like every series there was a bad call, a questionable call, and everything was going against Florida State. It might have. Now, if no, there would have been no other calls and BC came back and won, mm -hmm. it would have been – it's in the top three, I would say, probably all the time. Now, if they did a couple more bogus calls to help BC get the win, then, yes, it would have gone down as the highest watermark of all time in ACC buffoonery. or. Yeah. Not just buffoonery, but frankly, fixing a game. It almost felt felt like at times, like I don't know if they're trying to keep it close to keep it competitive, or was there something? It sometimes you go, I don't, I don't want to allege something shady's going on, but sometimes you go, how can they be this bad? Are they just this incompetent? And it always goes against Florida State, or is right. there something else going on here? Because this seems to always happen. 
No, this guy was bad at his job eight years ago is my point. Yeah. I, I remember so just, you're saying it's just incompetence. It just happens to always seem to fall against Florida State. That's correct. More times than not, it does. Now, I'll note when it's like, ooh, we got away with one there. But, I mean, more times than not, especially with this guy and his crew. It's just I don't know how you can assess his performance five, six years ago and say that, yay, let's make sure we extend him into the future. But <sighs> that's that's what this conference does. Uh, man, yes, and, and we'll get to the targeting call. In fact, Gene, let me pull up the highlights because the targeting yeah, call. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna, we're, we'll take your phone calls and your comments. Appreciate it. We do have access to some of these highlights. We want to talk about this. So this is the tar is this the targeting? No, this is so we'll, we'll run the whole thing. So this is All the right. first touchdown here. So this is Jordan uh, making a hell of a throw to Pokey Wilson there. And then Pokey, when Pokey goes back, I'm like, just don't at least keep yep. the first down, you know, so whatever you do. So Jordan's going to roll to his left, and he's got a free rusher, but he's not worried about him. This is the thing Look I love this. about this play. This is the mobility right here. Boom. Get out but of my way. What I love about that, Gene, is his eyes are down the field the yes. whole time. He's like, never he, looking to run. He's growing as a passer, and then you've got the catch here cutting back. He's still got the first down, and then watch on, uh, at the top of that one, the number one on the field. There's Jordan Wilson. Mm -hmm. Boom. Boom. Excellent block. That's not giving up on a play. And that That's is not your typical tight end. That is a monstrous tight end right there, hitting a defensive back, and he just lays down. And he sets the stage. And he had, a, he had a block on the other touchdown too, Tom. Yes, he did. He did. We're about to see that after this targeting call. Here it is. This is a third down. This is a third Stop down. Stop it. Stop it. Oh so what God. you need to do is go back and watch. Before he even slides, he's already in the process of making his tackle. There is no way to stop. Boom. Yep. He's right there. He's already going in to start his move to tackle. Yes. There's then, nothing you can do. There's nothing there. No, what he's sizing up Jerkovich for is, is a hit to the thighs, and he's going to bring him down. It's a third down. This dude's 250 pounds. He bounced yeah. off of Keir Thomas and others in this he's game. He's 250, and how big is uh, Robinson? 180? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and here it is. And he, lowered, he pulls his head away yep. as, to not, as to not spear him with the helmet. I mean, just, just trash. I'm thankful Ridiculous. it was the first half. Yes, I'm, you know, he's back for Florida, so thank goodness. There was a play, Gene, in the second half where Gantt is on, I think it was Flowers, on a drag route, and they called DPI there, and it was a third down. We were going to get off the field, and they called Gant for, for grabbing the arm of the receiver. And I was texting with Jeff, Jeff Cameron, and uh, he's like, man, just get off the field. You don't have to do that. You're in good position. I'm like, I agree, but he shouldn't be in that position because 10 should be out there instead of five, and that's the legacy of a targeting call like that is you lose one of your key players and your enforcers over the middle. Yep. I'm just glad it was in the first half because we're going to have Robinson. And back. I wonder some about that because Robinson's your best tackler out in the secondary. And I wondered right. about that. In that second half, there's a lot of plays. I'm like, when they had some of those long plays, the guys yeah. for the seconds ago, I don't think that happens with Jamie's back there. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I, I mean, it's a huge loss. And and if the game wasn't close, we wouldn't have re remarked on that, but it got close. And it's like, it would be yeah. nice to have 10 out there. Here's the second touchdown play. You see Wilson in motion before the mm -hmm. snap. What they do is they set I up a love the block here. Yep. Bottom, you got Cam McDonald. Good block there inside yep. the five yard line. Here comes Jordan. This is not easy, Gene, because defensive backs are shifty, and Jordan ain't exactly 210 pounds. He's a big dude. So he gets his hands on him just enough. And All he's got to do is lean on him a little bit because he goes 260 plus or whatever he is. All he's got to do is lean a little bit on that defensive back. And here we go. Oh, the safety. Here it is. This is it's pressure. Now break this down. Now why this was a safety, Tom? And I know you said Hasselback did actually a good job. Break. Explain why this is a safety. Because first, when he catches it, he's on the line. He does. So here it is. Uh, first of all, the throw is forced by Jermaine Johnson. Pressure that happened all day long. But we're not forgetting Jermaine Johnson. I just wanted to remark on, on yeah. Jordan Travis first. But Jermaine was a beast again, an absolute beast. Forces the throw here. 
into what looks like a drag or a, I don't know if it was a screen or whatever, but the entire football, this is for you soccer yep. and hockey fans out there. It's like the, the goal, the rule for a goal, 100% of the ball or the puck has to be over the line in the same way here. Hasselbeck said it in the broadcast. It's the exact opposite of a touchdown where any part of the football touches any part of the front of the white line. You've got a touchdown on the field in order for a safety to be, uh, for, for you not to have a safety in this situation, the entire football has to be in the green, the whole thing. And it is clearly, clearly not. not. Yeah. But, I, but that doesn't mean, did you not think I was still, there was a lot of people around me. I said, absolutely hundred percent. It's a safety. That doesn't mean it's going to be called a safety because again, we know the buffoonery crew we're working with. Great tackle by Kalen Deloach there yep. to make sure that not an inch was given and it made all the difference. And in, in you know, uh, you think about it, Gene's a three point win. Those two points yep. are massive. Why should I shave? I haven't shaved the last two games in Florida State's 2-0. <laughs> so if I shave and lose to Florida, then it's my fault for shaving. So I don't know if I want to mess with it. Here's Jordan Travis' third touchdown pass. This is to Malik McClain, the broadcast pause there. I oh, nice. And then look at this. He's going up top. The live angle was late. So this is why you're getting the end zone angle. But yeah. I love this. Look at Malik go up and get a football. Okay. Look at that. Corey Clark will love that because he always goes, you know, you're allowed to make those catches. You can go up and catch one. Absolutely. And they Here's did it. Here's the second terrible call of the day. Oh my gosh. Here's your punt. They and called watch this... him. Watch him being he blocked. Yep. Oh my goodness. This is just He touched his shoe and that's that's a hit. Let's take it. Okay, so he's blocked into him. Yeah, he's blocked. Oh, he's really hurt on that one. So what they called here, Gene, was not kick catch interference. They called in this particular situation after the play unnecessary roughness, after the <laughs> signal, he called it unnecessary roughness, not kick catch interference. Oh. So I don't even know what the hell the rule is that he's trying to enforce there, but you tell me if that's unnecessary roughness. And you tell me if that player isn't blocked into the returner. I, I don't oh, there's there's no yeah, there's no way he gets near him if that he's not blocked. And finally, here it is, the fourth down play. And listen, for a day in which Florida State got pressure on the passer, I mean consistently. Jerkovic had all day long to throw this football on fourth down. This was my heart was in my throat here. I'm like, yeah, I'm God, with you. Are you kidding me? I'm Look like, at it's converted. By tick, the way, they've tick, already tick, yeah. tick tick. Look at all the time oh, he has. Oh, you have to get pressure God. on him. They finally yeah. do, and it's yeah, a and then I'm like, don't pick it off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just knock it down. Oh, uh, the last thing you wanted to see there was a ball deflected in the air. You're just like, just find a way to get it to the turf. Akeem yep. Dent comes up with the interception, and then Mike Norvell, as he did in the first half. I don't know that I've ever seen that before, Gene. Where to end both halves, first half and the end of the game. Yeah, you throw an incompletion down you the side. You rarely line. see that, which is a good, a great play call to do that. But yeah, but you're right. I've never seen that in the game. Where it ended both the half and the game. It did, and and I remember it ending the Oklahoma State game in 2014 out of the Cowboy Classic. That's how uh, Jameis ended the football game in mm -hmm. the win for FSU, where they threw it. You know, it was like a six seconds to go, and, and that was expertly navigated. We did that twice in this game. Took the delay of game at the end. Beautifully done. Well managed. It shouldn't have been that close, but you found a way to win. Florida State improves to five and six on the year, and a bowl bid is on the line next week as they take on yeah. Florida. It's a noon kickoff on ESPN. Before we get to the callers, it's time to remind you, our friends at Team Paper bring you the post-game show all season long, and we thank them for their support. If you want to thank Team Paper, go to teampaper.com right now because what you are allowed to do at Team Paper is support the Knowles that you love. The era of the NIL is here, and Team Paper, for every dollar, you give to teampaper.com to support Tallahassee bundles, as they're called, for Florida State football. Basketball and softball is incoming soon, by the way. For every dollar you give, 80 cents goes directly into the pockets of the players. 
for the players, by the players. That's teampaper.com. We thank them for their support. And remember, guys, you know, these football players, these athletes at Florida State, they can't go get a job on the side. They have to stay committed all year long. If you want to thank them, we appreciate you thanking us in the postgame show. But if you want to thank them, head to teampaper.com. It's also time to thank some other folks. Sam, thank you so much for your contribution to the program. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, four years of blowouts to competing in every game this year. That's right. You know, Gene, if you want to look at this from a positive standpoint, you think about the losses. All right, Jacksonville State's inexcusable, but that's a fluke as well. But, it, no, yeah, yeah, the game was, what was the 90-plus percent when you were down in the row? I mean, you sh- that game was, again, I, imagine we're sitting here right now at 6-5. and five. I mean, you'd oh. be like, wow, okay, you're bull. Now, what bowl? It's not, will you be bullers? It was like, what bowl is FSU going to? Yep, you've got a bad snap on a third down with Mackenzie Milton in the ball game, or maybe you beat Notre Dame outright on opening yeah. night. Uh, NC State's a one-score game late. I know that we debated the fourth down call, but you have your backup quarterback and two backup offensive linemen. You're within a score there. You've got the ball with five minutes to go and the lead on the road at Clemson. I mean, outside of Wake. Yeah, and again, officiating calls in that Clemson drive, too. That There's two very questionable calls that let him take that go-ahead score. Absolutely. But, I mean, outside of Wake Forest, Florida State has been in every single game this year. You're not that far away from being in in Wake Forest, remember, six turnovers. Yep. You know, that's the thing. I mean, that's that's the tale of that game. You didn't, you know, you started McKenzie at six turnovers. You know, who knows? If they don't turn the ball over, that's probably a game. FSU Fan 93, we thank you. Austin agreed. That's the best part about that targeting calls that occurred in the first half. Could you imagine if we didn't have Jamie Robinson ready for the first half next week? I mean, he's been Ooh. a really good player for this secondary. Just unbelievable. Ingvar out in St. Petersburg. What's up? Uh, I, I don't know if it was bad management by Norvell in the second half. I will grant you the fourth and one, the delay of game. That's the delay game. That's the only one I'm critical of. Again, I don't, the, the clock seems super fast. I think they did half seconds instead of yep. full seconds. Cause that went fast. But again, but you got to You got to look at the clock. You've got to see what's going on there. Yeah. And that would have been the game. All you got to do is pick up a foot. The game's over. I mean, I don't think it's it's Nor- Mike Norvell's fault that officials decide to call Darius Washington for being outside the belt line of the of the offense. Oh my God! That, oh, that was another one. I even forgot about that one, Tom. Watch any NFL game or any college game; the tackles are constantly lined up there, and it's never freaking called. And I, what I'm curious about, Tom, I don't know if you noticed this. When was the flag thrown? I couldn't see it in live. It speech. looked like to me the little bit I saw it looked like it was thrown not until after he got the first down. It's a pre. It's basically a snap yeah. penalty. Yeah. Why wait till he picks up the first down to call it? Because you didn't want Florida State to pick up that first down. Yeah, and and it's another big time play that comes off the board, yeah. Gene, because it's a well run route. I believe it's Jordan Young. That's who they said mm-hmm. on the broadcast anyway. And I, I like Jordan Young, but that's a well run route and an excellent ball on. And you picked down. up a third and long, and it really would have. Yeah put momentum back to Florida State. They're probably on a drive to go and score. It flipped the game again. It's another one of those ridiculous calls that flipped the game to BC. Yeah, Javi, I agree with you, man. I mean, how can you not love this team? With all the things they've overcome, all their shortcomings, the things they can't do, we got so tied up in talking about that at 0-4, but they fight through adversity. And today, it was adversity not just from the opposing sidelines, but the officials on the field. you got to love those guys. Thanks for the contribution. Helicopter kicks. Mean Gene, use your law background and go in front of the ACC and get these reps canceled. Happy early Thanksgiving to you as well, helicopter. Yeah, cancel culture, baby. Let's cancel the ACC refs. I'm all for it. That's something that should be canceled. So, Gene, for the folks who are new to the program and new to Warchan TV, if you haven't done so, hit like and hit subscribe. Let's see if we can get to some of those benchmarks this week. Maybe I'll do something. Yeah. Uh, can you just go over for folks what FSU you know can do? I mean, obviously it doesn't yeah. change anything, but what recourse does Florida State have? Yeah, what they do is so they they get the, you know they have their film 
the 22. So they get not just the film you see on TV. They have their own film. So they'll see the plays. And they will they'll create a film montage to send to the ACC. And they'll basically they won't say, these are crappy calls. What the f? No, they'll be like, explain this to us. Like, why was this a what? Why was this a what did they what did they call the roughing the returner whatever the one was? Yes, right. Why? Why when they had the tackle lined up there? Why was this a procedure penalty when every single play on FSU and BC's lined up in the same spot? You called it here. Why was a Jordan? You know the Jordan Young. Why was that offensive pass interference mm-hmm. on that when this route's run all the time? So they can send clips of that to the ACC. And then they get feedback from the ACC. Now, I do remember this, Tom. Back in the Jimbo Fisher days, you know, he was very adamant about some of this stuff. And he would actually, let's say, leak out sometimes the response. Mm -hmm. And I remember, if you may remember, I put out that they made 12. It might have been that Nigel Bradham game Mm -hmm. when they made 12 mistakes in that game that they admitted. And, of course, we leaked that out. So the ACC was just furious that that got out. So now, apparently, they don't give you – they don't they give very bland responses where they don't want to admit they've done anything wrong. Um, so all the, all the schools can do is submit stuff to the ACC for explanation, which is yeah. basically when you send 10 different plays, you're like, we disagree is what you're saying with those. You can't comment publicly. You'll be fine. It's unbelievable. Everybody in this age of transparency, apparently everything is hidden behind closed doors when it comes to all these bad calls. And there's no recourse. Like you mentioned, the fired guy from the SEC, he keeps getting renewed over and over and over. And there's no oversight because we, the ACC media dates, which we get in North Carolina every year, and they have it, they have an officiating symposium. And it's a nice, it's yep. a really good thing. And they talk about a lot of the rules. But what I'd ask them, like, well, how do you guys, you know, may, who oversight sees these guys when you make potentially yeah. bad calls? And this, they, they self, they do everything in house. So really, it's just like, well, you know, the outside wants to know, is Tom doing a good job? I'm going to be like, of course Tom's doing a good job, even if you're screwing everything up. I'm not going to go publicly and say you're screwing up. So everything is kept in-house. It's incestuous. It's awful. They need a third. They really need a third party to come in. It's not just Florida State games. Watch any watch an SEC game and watch yep. an ACC game, oh. and you'll see it's a complete different in level quality they need a third party coming in and clean house because it's embarrassing what's going on every saturday yeah it's also it's also a different philosophy they let the kids play i mean i remember that yeah. 13 game down there in the swamp where kelvin benjamin's getting interfered with on every play and then he figured out by the second quarter oh i can just chuck this dude into the bench <laughs> yeah that's not a good thing kelvin's gonna win those matchups yeah he is gabriel we appreciate the contribution Kier had a great game in fact before yeah, we get to the college real quick let me pull up defensive stats yeah we forgot those can't forget those guys so Kier, seven tackles my goodness nice. two sacks three tackles for loss in the game and he actually had another one that the Three kid TFLs. Wow. I mean, we racked up four sacks in this game, Gene. And if Jerkovic wasn't, you know, Jacoby Brissett in 2014, like Neo from the Matrix getting throws off as he's falling, what do you have? Eight sacks in this wow. football game? I mean, yeah, the pressures. And I'm, I'm going to be curious. We'll have the pro football focus grades. Part of the thing I look at is they'll objectively grade all the pressures. I, I bet there's going to be a lot of pressures, hits, sacks, all those kind of things that they grade in this game. That was, that was, to me, that was the game. Obviously, the offense executed well, especially in the first half. But you took Boston College completely out of their game plan. That's because you dominated their offensive line and got pressure on the quarterback. Yep, no doubt. Nick, I agree. Well, yeah, you know, the, the hard part about this game, Nick, and I agree with it, that's a good post, is you almost felt like the officials were not going to call holding on Boston College out of pity 
because of the domination yeah. that was happening in the trenches. That's something that would happen at Florida State all the time when we were operating at peak. But you can't do that in a situation where the game is in the balance. Like, at some point, you've got to assess these penalties. But, Tom, isn't that the long running? I mean, I know Ira's written stories. Corey's gone back and look at ACC officiating. They've shown they've had statistical people come in. It's statistically impossible how few, how less Florida State gets called for holding versus the opponent. Even though they put out all these first-round defensive linemen against bad offensive linemen, it's statistically impossible. It's still continuing to this day, even though Florida State isn't what it was in the 90s. There's still continuing to push Florida State on punish Florida State on holding calls. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And yet it's so predictable. That's the hard part about it, too. You just you almost have to just eat this as a part of your existence, and it should not be that way. Duke gets all the calls. They always have in basketball, mm -hmm. but it's like it's like Florida State didn't put the ACC in a position to make half of what the SEC does in revenue. If it wasn't for Florida State, the ACC would be the American. So whatever. That's okay. That's fine. <laughs> we'll just keep overcoming it. We're going to climb. You can't stop us. John, I agree with you. Can you say holding? Yeah. It's time to go to the phone lines, though. We're overdue. It's time. Our first caller today is out in Memphis. It's Caleb. We talked to Caleb a couple weeks ago. Welcome back to the program, Caleb. And go with go ahead with your thoughts on the War Champ Post Game Show. You're talking to Gene Williams and myself, Tom. Hey, guys. Hello. Hey, Caleb. Um, yes. 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 Yeah, your thoughts, Caleb. Okay, so I want to talk about Jarvis Brownlee. It felt like when Jamie Robinson went down, it just felt like he couldn't fly to the football as much as he wanted to. Mm -hmm. um, he's not <laughs> great in coverage, but he has really good instincts, and I think he's really good in run support. But I was wondering why they just didn't put him in his usual hybrid role that he usually plays. And then secondly, I want to talk about the fourth and one, because I think Mike Norvell is getting a lot of slack. <laughs> but in his defense, it kind of looked like Jordan Travis just kind of nonchalantly went up to the line of scrimmage, and that was like three seconds right there. So I think that's really a lot of the problems that they had. Just our defense played well enough to win the game, and Mike Norvell needs his credit because this is two games in a row where he's had excellent clock management when it came to finishing off games. Thank you. Go Nils. Hey, thanks, Caleb. Thanks, Caleb. Uh he makes a good point. And that's interesting. He, Caleb makes a really good point about how well Brownlee did that first, especially shutting Flowers down mm -hmm. when Robinson was out there. But then suddenly Flowers went wild in the second half. And I don't know if that was the interplay between the not having. I don't, I don't know what was, if you caught anything uh, schematically, Tom, why that happened in the second half. No, I'd have to go back and take a look at where everybody's lined up pre-snap. But, you know, what I would say is that Boston College did a better job of isolating Flowers on matchups, and they got him onto Loach uh, at least once in the second half. Yeah, which is not also, a good matchup. He's also opened deep a couple of times in the first half that Hasselbeck uh, broke one play down, but it's just that the pass rush was so good that, you know, there's no time for Jerkovic to find him down the football field. Flowers is a good player. He's, he's yeah, a good he player. But when you have a pass rush as good as Florida State's was in the first half, and this is something I talked about on the third line feature, it's that interior push. Because Jerkovic likes to climb in the pocket, unlike a lot of college players that want to break outside. Well, there wasn't anything to run to. There wasn't anything to climb to in that first half. That's why you saw him affected. That's why you saw the velocity on his throws. He was giving up mm -hmm. on his throws. He was short-arming them because he was so affected. And I thought, frankly, he might have been concussed in the first half with a couple of those tackles where he slammed onto the ground. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm glad you brought that up, Tom, because I saw the, the one sack when he had, and you saw the head hit the ground and snap. 
And I know there's supposed to be a dedicated person in the box to look at those plays and stop it. When they see a play like that, he should have been pulled off and brought to the medical tent to do, do evaluation. So I don't know who is the ACC that made a rule a couple of years ago about that. How do you not see that play on replay and say, blow the whistle, yep. have him be evaluated for concussion? So, I, again, I, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, that was so we've talked to the concussion experts at Florida State over the years. Uh, we've had access to those guys. And and the thing that they always told us was everybody looks for the helmet to helmet hits as a potential concussion. Yeah, it's a head no, to the ground. It's head to the ground because the ground don't move. And that's what they're always yep. looking for. And that is by far the first thing that should be whistled down is if you see somebody's head hit the turf and the way he got up after he was yeah. shaking. So I, I think that contributed to part of it as well. On the fourth and one, I just yeah. it's late coming in. I, I get what you're saying, Caleb. I get it. Jordan was a little bit nonchalant getting to the line. He was waiting for a call from the sideline. It, lo it looked like they took way too much time to make up their mind. By the time they did, the clock is between 11 and 9 seconds. The play clock is. It's ticking fast. I, like I, I said, like, yeah, that's what I pointed out earlier. I really thought he had more time. I was shocked when I heard the call. I'm like, I thought he had about a, five, six seconds. To, it just seemed like they blew They They – turn the clock over fast and it seems like Jordan probably thought the same thing the sideline probably thought the same thing too that that 30 seconds went really fast yeah uh Angel we'll talk to you on the phone in just a second I see you on hold hey Eric it's my boy appreciate your contribution Jermaine today. should be getting some Heisman votes man if he was if he played for a team that was much better Florida State sitting here at nine and one or something or nine and two and yeah. they're in the playoff hunt. You're probably right. He might get some Heisman votes, but not on a team that's under 500. Uh, imagine if he was doing these kinds of things and he was wearing an Ohio State uniform. I'm glad he's uh, not. But, I mean, people would be talking about him left and right. Uh -huh. Although uh, C.J. Stroud had a nice day, too. So, I guess he's going to take the uh, the lead in the uh, front runner for the Heisman. Absolutely. Vote. And I think Jeff pointed out in the college sports book weeks ago what a good value he was. Yes, he did. Uh, whatever, whatever his rating, whatever the odds were a month ago, it was unbelievable. Now he's probably the favorite. He is. Uh, he's got to be. Odds on, and he's got the big Michigan game next week to yep. fortify his case. Gene in Ocala, he's a regular caller on the postgame show. We welcome him back. Gene, go ahead with your thoughts on today. It's a victory, but it was a weird one. Go ahead. Tom, Gene, what's going on? Hey, Gene. We're talking to you, man, on a victorious Saturday. What you thinking? On a, on a victorious Saturday where I feel like my heart was about to <laughs> jump out my chest with a minute and Something left again. Yep. Uh, just like you guys have been saying, I mean, just great game. Um, great game to see us pull all that defense and just say it looked like classic Florida State going up against Boston College. You don't have the athletes that we have, and we're just going to show you that you don't have these athletes. Um, I just – you really the – only, the only thing I wanted to comment on really and truly was – uh, and whenever you guys do the rewatch of the game, look at how Coach Fuller puts Jermaine on the inside like we used to do DeMarcus Walker hmm. in the second half, and he did it for the whole third quarter, and we were killing them. They, they wasn't even chipping. There was no answer. Mm -hmm. And you changed something that – that's why they got those two to three touchdowns because on the early downs, first and second down, they were lined up on the outside. Yeah, I understand sometimes whenever you line up. Oh, well, looks like we lost oh, Gene. We lost you, Gene. Gene, always we appreciate your calls. We look forward to talking to you next week. Gene but always has very insightful calls. I didn't – I mean, I know you're one of the X's and O's guys, Tom's, and the kind of shifting him. And obviously it worked for uh, – he mentioned Marcus Walker. He used to love when they would move him around different parts of the line. I didn't really notice that, but – 
you know, if that was happening a lot in the second half, that's interesting. Do you any thoughts on that? No, so I'll admit this, everybody. You know, usually I'm a level-headed watcher of the football games, even though this is my school, and I went here and graduated from Florida State and grew up in Ole as a little child. This one was an emotional watch for me. I was so yeah. furious for the better part of three hours that when you're talking about schemes and personnels, and, and I noticed some things, but, you know, I'd have to go back and take a look. I'd have to see if maybe there was uh, – we lost somebody personnel-wise. And so they thought that putting maybe McClendon on the field with Keir Thomas and Jermaine Johnson was the best answer that we could come up with. I'd have to look. I'd have to look. Yeah. But uh, that's a good point, Gene. And we know that you're a very alert watcher. So I look forward to rewatching it with uh, those insights. We now go to the pillar. We just put up his uh, contribution to the program. We head out to Cincinnati. Eric Angel, what's going on, Eric? Hey, Thomas G. How about them nose? How about them? Hey, Eric. Hey, G. Man, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, I'm going to give the refs a Christmas card and say, you know what? I'm going to write in there. You guys fucking suck. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Eric just coming in dropping bombs. <laughs> I tell you what, if it ain't for Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas, where would we be this year? Man, them two guys are so dynamic. Yep. I mean, it's like in the NFL, I don't even know who you can describe as them two on our team compared to, you know, in the NFL. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was a great win and on to Gainesville. Let's go bowling, guys. That's it. You How about them Seminoles? It's a great day to be a fucking Seminole. <laughs> well, Love the show. Take I think, care. Hey, Eric, you need to turn into the Sunday smash. I think you're yep, perfect yep. for that. So That's, call in Sunday. Yeah, we appreciate you, Eric. We, we have a cap for pillars of two F-bombs per call. So you've, uh, you've hit your limit. He's earned it. If anybody's earned oh, the right man. to drop some F-bombs, it's Eric because he's, he's one of the pillars. And He's earned it. And frankly, folks, today's a date event. Today, I mean, my God, it should be about what we saw from the front four defensively. It should be about Jordan Travis looking like a polished quarterback for several Yeah, Mark, Mark nailed it. I think that was actually Jeff calling in. <laughs> Jeff masquerading as uh, as Pillar Eric, yeah. Uh, we go from one pillar to another. He's he's a con. I mean, I saw him uh, in the queue a little bit earlier, but uh, he called back, and we're thankful he did so. We go to Virginia Beach. We're talking to Gator. What's up, Gator Kirk? What's up, no fans? How we doing? I like it, man. Hey, you guys are no, bringing it. I'm not, not going to dress. I'm not going to drop any profanity tonight. Thank you. My question is. I'm going to forget all the crap that happened today. How do we use this for our motivation to beat those gutter Gainesville people down there? Well, I, I think the, that's a, that's an easy the answer. The slime, the ooze, the disgusting scumbags that are in Gainesville, yes. I, I don't a, think you – you know what, Gator? I don't think you need any motivation. Uh, for some reason, I'm thinking, you know what? It's the Gators. That's motivation by itself. And number two, you want to go to a bowl. You got to beat those bitches to get to a bowl. So I think there's plenty of motivation there. Oh. <laughs> Any other thoughts, Gator? What do you think, Tom? Uh, well, you what, sir? No, go for it. I, I appreciate uh, you asking me. I think that, look, it's all before you. From what we understood this week from around the program, and Ira alluded to this on the War Chant Report, which is those guys understand that there are still goals on the table. The bowl is still there. The opportunity to beat both of your in-state rivals for the first time in forever. It's all there. It's all there for the taking. And they're fired up for it. They had a great week of practice. They did. They came out sharp. 
That's the one thing people were worried. You go up on the road, it's a cold atmosphere, which it really wasn't that cold. We played in games about that temperature earlier this year. But you go up, you play Sleepy Nooner at Boston College coming off of a rivalry win. Are you engaged or are you resting on your laurels? They had a great week of practice. They were fired up to play this football game. So I think, Gator, to answer your question, I don't think they need anything else. They need to continue to do everything that they did this week leading up to Saturday. Do it again next week. And guess what? I think they're going to have a real good chance to win the football game because Florida's motivation is in question. Florida State's is not. What do you think, Gator? I I think that given some of the adversity that we inflicted upon ourselves, I think the short kick in the second half after we scored was was really poor. I think we should have kicked out of the end zone. But some of the calls that may have been questionable that went against us by the referees – I think Mike Norvell and them use that as motivation to get really hyper-focused for what we're going to do in Gainesville next week. And as always, go Knowles. Thank you for all you guys, what you do. Thanks, Gator. We appreciate you. Be Thanks, Gator Kirk. Life, baby. That's how it works. Be a seminal. Go Knowles. Thanks, Gator. Hey, guess I what? I love the energy that Gator Kirk and Eric are bringing. Man, this this is what man, this is fun. These post game, it's it's fun time when they win. Yep. The yep. the attitude, guys are psyched up because they they feel the worm has turned. This team's turning things around, and they beat the officials and Boston College this game. So it's two wins for the Knolls. They did. That's the most adversity they faced all season long. Like self inflicted against Syracuse. Miami woke up in the second half last week, answered the bell both times. Today. You had to battle the stripes plus the opposing guys, and that's that's what makes today a little bit extra satisfying. And Gator, keep calling, man. Keep calling yep. because we're showing on uh, our records. We keep records of these things in our software. You're 11 away from 100 calls. Wow. Chant TV. So uh, I can't think of anybody better. Hopefully, to maybe that'll be, who knows? Well, yeah, hopefully the bowl game, the bowl game post game show, maybe we'll hit 100 then. Yeah, between now and then, there'll be some recruiting chats, I'm sure, live recruiting chats. and, and Basketball uh, one, who knows? Yeah, you never know. Noelgrad14, we appreciate your contribution to the program. To play what if, Norvell is a uh, challenge the challenge of the Notre Dame, the overtime game, decent no line, Travis playing more confident. Are we almost to the point of thinking Norvell might be able to get it done? Well, I mean, long term, I, I fully expect him. Uh-oh, uh-oh. There you go, it's refill time. Something. Thank you. The Knowles are the- There we go. Saving me while I'm reading the graphics. I appreciate that, babe. All right. We're one away from the bowl. You better bring in a huge bowl next week if we uh, – and, yeah, and I'm bowl. Oh, I, I, Just a popcorn. See you, know. you Jamie. Yeah, I'm going to be – I've got. I'm going to put some really good stuff on uh, – on ice for that one to be bowl eligible. We'll be. That's Corey Clark water, everybody. That's what I'm drinking right now. I'm hydrating in the post game show. Yeah, I mean, Gene, I, I I've already believed that long term wise, just because of how buttoned up an operation it is, and you show you have a locker room that doesn't quit on you at 0 and 4. Absolutely, I believe that Mike Norvell is going to get this in the right direction. Sure. Did you see that stat they put up? There's only been two Power Five teams that have gone 0 and 4 and gotten bowl eligible. Is that right? That ever okay. done that? They put up that stat at the end of the game. So that would be one more win you're going in history. And that's something. You know, we kind of saw this. Honestly, we saw it as soon as preseason practices. I know people are all about results and wins. And I get it. Most fans are result-oriented. But, you know, we saw this. We saw guys buying in. You know, you saw the transfers. I mean, the fact that they had that horrible the season. You're getting your Jermaine Johnson. You're getting these, you know, the Jamie Robinsons, guys like that to transfer in. 
you know, you see the recruits coming in, the Travis Hunters, even before these wins, even when they're losing to Jacksonville State, they still had so many positive signs. So I already saw that before this. I'm not surprised that they're winning these games because the foundation had already been laid for this. And I think a lot of the fans are just now kind of going, oh, this team's pretty good. He's turning some things around. You saw the signs pretty early on. So it almost, man, they really would be beneficial to win that. I mean, it's going to, even if they lose this next week, they've done so much. You see the turnaround happening. Sure, it would be great to get this win. But, I mean, more importantly, man, that recruiting we're, – we're less than a month away from that recruiting class. It looks like they're going to have a really good recruiting class. you got the number one recruit in the nation. They just had that five-star Georgia commitment coming in. And I know uh, Michael Langston and uh, uh, our rivals recruiting analyst both predicted he's going to flip to Florida State. Um, you know, that's – we talked about who's going to replace these guys. Well, you keep – now you start bringing in the five-stars on the defensive line. This becomes – a what we saw against Boston College becomes a regular foundation. Yeah, Florida State's strong up front. You know, it doesn't matter how good their quarterback is. If you dominate them up front, you can win games like this. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, it's uh, We're in a place now where you can expect Florida State to play hard every week. That's no longer a talking point. That's good. It sounds so small, but it's evidence of buy-in. And you have these kids who have been failed by multiple staffs if they've been here for a long time. If they've been here two or three years, they've been failed by one staff prior. And then they go 0-4 after working their butts off mm-hmm. all offseason long, and they still fight. Man, this this is as healthy as this program has been in a long time. Uh, Mark, I see your comment there. Uh, he should, <laughs> yeah, from zero and four to go six and two to finish. If you do this, if you pull this off, you've gone six and two to finish the season, and your two losses were you were beating Clemson with five minutes to go, and a, with a backup quarterback, you're almost going to beat NC State at home. Yeah, that's unbelievable. That's an unbelievable turnaround. We'll see if they can finish the job. And Mark, your earlier question, uh, SEC officials, yes. Yes, after thank goodness. Game, thank goodness. After the 03 game that Gene broke down right here on Warchan TV with Chris Ricks and Dominic Robinson, which is a great video. If you haven't checked it out, uh, do so today and enjoy the postgame glory of comparing fourth and 14 moments. It was after that fateful day in 2003, I believe, that the Florida-Florida State rivalry did not have ACC officials on the road and SEC officials on the road. Mm-hmm. It's home stadium. Home conference officials. So, Mark, the answer is yes, SEC officials. And, and those games are usually pretty well officiated because they're SEC, because they're actually professional officials. <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> they're being paid and they act like professionals. It's unbelievable. Yeah. What a concept. Randall, thank you so much for your contribution. Weldon, great name. That's a really good name, Weldon. Yeah, um, I like that. Yeah, we appreciate your contribution as well. We go back to the phone lines on the War Champ Post Game Show. We go out to New York, another frequent caller on this program. What's up, Josh in New York? Let's talk, man. The Knowles win. What you say? Tommy, Tom, and Gino. <laughs> These callers are bringing it. We got a dub. That's what it's all about. I, I'm just going to rehash it, Gene. I'm two for three. Since three weeks ago, I said, everybody relax. We're about to win three straight and go to the bowl. And that's what's happening so far. The only issue that I can have right now, if I'm nitpicking, is these third quarter lulls drive my blood pressure yeah. through the roof. The third quarter lulls, and I don't know if it's if it's Kenny not adjusting to what they adjust to quick enough, because it happened, this is the second time in a row that it's happened to them, or if we're just not playing with enough fire. I don't know what that is. Um, and just to add to you guys, fuel to more of your referee, um, you know, tragedy. The, uh, did, did you guys talk about Cooper's P.I.? That was not a PI at all, yep. where the receiver was pulling him down as yeah. 
Oh, that's another as, one. As, yeah, as, yeah, as, that's another one. That that was just another tragic uh, officiating mistake. But my question is for you guys is is this simple? Do you think if we win next week, when we win next week, because there's no way I'm losing to the Gators, no way. We came this far, can't lose. If we when we win next week, starting next year, will we be in the top 25 preseason? I want to. I'm very curious to hear what you guys think. Mm. That's, oh. You know, I mean, it's not that far ahead. Uh, that's that's interesting, Josh. I mean, it could be. I mean, it, uh, I guess a lot will depend on who they get in in transfers, mm-hmm. how the recruiting class goes, who's coming back. There's a lot of factors, but it's not it's not impossible. I mean, if things click the right way, I could see them getting some votes to potentially be yeah. in that top 25. So, yeah, I mean, that's it, it, it too is in Josh, your other point. It's interesting on the third down lulls. Cause that's what I thought on that first drive. Cause you got to remember Florida State took the ball to start the second half, went right down the field, a very decisive drive and scored a touchdown. I thought the game was yes. over effectively at that point. And I think, was it the next drive? I think they were driving again. They had a couple ridiculous penalties, didn't they, in that next drive? Tom, yeah, I don't, I don't remember I don't know it. if it was the, the next drive, but the third quarter included that, you know, illegal formation on the fourth down. I mean, you know, so you're talking about – Yeah, a, this is the one. I'm, I'm looking at the play-by-play. So that was the – they converted. That was the weird call on the offensive line they shouldn't have had. So they, they – effectively, they might have gone down and scored two straight touchdowns in the third quarter. So you could say the defensive lulls because BC scored three straight times. Right. Obviously, they made some adjustments. They figured out how to get flowers out in the open field. But they got a good quarterback, a really good receiver. They're, you know, they did a good job scheming it up to get him some plays. But so I don't know if between the officiating and they did to score on the first drive. I, I don't know if it's a thing, but it is a little bit of a trend. But I don't know what you think, Tom. No, no not today. I, I, I hear you in general. I hear you. Yeah. There, there are lulls. And there was that one th- a three and out. I think the game was a three. There's four. one. There's the one three and out. Yeah, the margin was a three there. And you'd like to have a response. You didn't, you didn't get it. But, I mean, yes, you come out of the break. You score your touchdown. It's surgical. It's an excellent drive. The next one should be points of some variety, and the officials step in, and then the whole thing goes haywire. I mean, it was just – this is a another unique circumstance, but they found enough plays out there, both on offense and defense, to get the job done. I, I hear you, Josh, and hopefully you do get to be the purveyor of the pinstripe bowl. Uh, you know, a, a little thing we could talk about briefly, briefly before we go back to the phones, but, Gene, five-win teams make bowls. There's a chance that Florida State found their way into a bowl today, that they might have done so today. Whatever happens next That's week. That's true. The APR has gotten better. The Florida State brand for the types of bowls that, you know, house teams that win six games would definitely look fondly upon a Florida State fan base that wants to go to a bowl. They might have accomplished the mission today. I'm not saying don't go down and beat Florida. Beat their ass. You always want to beat the Gators. But they might have done enough today. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, they do make these exceptions down. You know, the Gasparilla Bowl definitely wants FSU because no one is going to bring more fans right. down there in Florida State. So there's a, if there's an excuse to get Florida State in yep. at five and seven, they'll do it. They'll take it. Florida State will be in a bowl game. But again, we don't want to we don't want to have that uncertainty to go ahead and beat the Gators next week and all that uncertainty is out the window. I haven't seen any updates. I think it was three nothing Florida. Is it still three nothing? I'm trying to I'm curious if they're going to lay an egg up at Missouri because that's a place traditionally Florida does not play well. My fear is if they lose up there, they may fight they may not let Mullen off the tarmac. He may be left in Missouri and they get an interim coach like Odell and they might want to play for that guy. So I'm I'm kind of not sure how I feel about that game. Yeah, right now it's 3-3. So the 3-3, three, three, okay. Yeah, as uh, ESPN tries to pull up a, an ad on me. I say no to you. 
It's three to three at the end of the first <laughs> quarter. Um, but uh, we shall see how that game develops later on today. Again, thank you everybody for all yep. your contributions to the program. We will circle right back to the phone lines and we'll talk to Kyle in Colorado. Kyle is a little bit perturbed. Why are you Ooh, perturbed? Kyle, I... Go ahead. Hey guys. Uh, first of all, I love what you guys do. Glad to, glad to be taking a call here, but um, I know the narrative on this program is we can't put two halves together consecutively. Now this game, I didn't feel like it was necessarily that. So is this game more of the refs interjecting themselves or Florida state making mistakes? Or they can't put two halves together consecutively. Yeah, that's a good question, Kyle. That's kind of uh, the last caller. Uh, I think Josh had brought kind of something similar about that. But that was my point. So I would say that if they would have come out flat on the first drive, the fact that they got the ball to lead the second half and went right down the field to the decisive drive, got a touchdown, which in my opinion was kind of the – should have been the nail in the coffin. And then the next drive – so BC scores. Look, you were going to shut them out. You were going to hold them to three points. They've got, they got a really good quarterback, a good receiver – so I wasn't shocked by that. And it looked like Florida State was starting to drive down and answer again. And this was the fourth and five where Travis completed the ball to Jordan Young for the first down. And that was that weird because the tackle was not lined up where he, even though the, he's lined up the whole game there and the BC tackles line up in the same spot, that was an officiating thing. Because if he converts that pass, they're inside the 30-yard line. They're already in field goal range. If nothing else, they've answered it again. So I, I don't. I think this is more the officiating sucking the life out of Florida State at times. And I think there's a couple times when BC got the ball back where they should have had stops, and the officials helped them out on that too. So last week, yeah, I think this was part of. They came out flat. There were some issues there. I think this was just more the officiating really than Florida State. Yeah, I'd say 80-20 officiating for this particular game. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple mistakes that you're like, come on, guys. I mean, really? you got to clean that up. But mostly it's about the, the stripes today. And the other thing is when you don't have depth of talent, you're going to go through lulls. I mean, that's just – that's part of it. You know, when yeah. Florida State is is operating the way it should, then you know what? We'll probably put 60-minute games together, like consistently, first, ta- first half, second half. But when you're operating behind the eight ball at a lot of positions, like think about today with the receivers, sometimes they made good plays, but there were a lot of drops out there too. I mean, it, yeah, it, there were a few. Yes. In the first Parchment half, Parchman had two in the first half, didn't he? He did. Pokey had one. Pokey fell down on another one. Uh, McDonald had one. I mean, yeah, there, there was, I mean, I don't know if they'll all be graded as drops because some of the throws weren't perfect. We're a little behind him. Yeah. But I mean, if, if you have if you get two hands on the ball, you got to catch it. If you're a receiver at Florida State, most any time in the last 40 years, you're going to make those plays. But, you know, you're operating behind the eight ball a little bit. Linebacker still is a problem. I mean, these things add up to bad stretches in football games. You just got to find enough plays out there to win in order to inspire recruits enough to sign the dotted line and improve the program. And that's where we're on the brink of doing that, Gene. You validated the Miami win. Mm-hmm. That's the thing about today that I think is the big thing as the sun sets in my room here. Uh, but uh, you validated the, the rivalry win last week it's not a fluke you showed up you were prepared it's easy you can text it to your all your recruits and say you see how the officials try to job us today look at us look how tough we are and tom it was interesting that everybody on the staff i was curious everybody on the staff picked florida state to win and we're not this is we're not full of homers at war chant but i mean because we know this team normally a team like this you get a big emotional win at home against a rival it's just natural to have a letdown this team's this fortitude of this team is a lot different than what we've seen the last few years. So you knew they were going to go on the road. They were going to fight and be physical against a team that's going to want to be physical against you. 
and they did exactly what we thought they were going to do absent sans all the bad calls but you know they went in they fought they played well and they they didn't let that get to their head and this is a testament to what mike norvell is doing with this program yeah there's no doubt and gene so we do have mike norvell's press conference it was not the usual uh if you can believe this there is a recording of the press conference from inside the room after a football game uh the zoom was not working for florida state so we do have the angle and we do have the presser do you want to give that a go and hear Mike Norvell's thoughts after the win over BC, or do we want to punt on Mike? Yeah, because we'll have that. You can watch it on Warchant TV. We'll have that. If you're again, that this is a good opportunity to tell people to subscribe to the channel. Yep. Uh, the uh, bottom right, you'll see a little uh, subscribe button. You want to do the uh, hit the bell so you get the notification, so you can watch my, every Mike Norvell press conference. We always have on Warchant TV. Uh, original shows tomorrow night. Ira and Jeff get together for an unfiltered. Uh, <laughs> Sunday yeah. smash where they get a little bit more detailed into the game and talk about some other FSU stuff. And of course you guys, Jeff Cameron show, uh, Monday, I want to say Monday through Friday, but Tuesdays is seminal headlines, but yep. it's uh, one to three every day. You either get Jeff Cameron show or seminal headlines on Tuesday. And, uh, of course this, the post game show next week after Gainesville noon kickoff yeah, against the I- Gators, you'll be on about the same time breaking it down, taking your phone calls. Oh, again, we, I got called out again for the, uh, the war Jersey. Um, <laughs> you know what? There's no light. That's just the sun or whatever yep. shining in on that right now. I don't. I took that down. One of the batteries is not working, so I've got to replace that light. Sorry, but yep. we, Travis, we do appreciate the uh, the tip for us, and I will I will put that tip towards a new light for Charlie Ward. We don't want to dis dis Charlie. We want to make sure yep. he's in. And Jordan Travis looking very Charlie Ward like on a few of those plays today. And he, I mean, he's getting better every week. You know, I, I'd say two or three weeks ago, the, the Clemson game, if you rewatch it, you're like, mm, he made a couple of really nice throws. Now, the offensive line wasn't able to generate consistent uh, ground game for the offense, so you didn't have balance. But a couple of those throws against that that defense were impressive. Then he does it again last week against Miami. Then he does it again today. It's starting to trend towards Jordan Travis gives you a chance to win a lot of football games next year. Like, I mean, that's just mm-hmm. full stop. That's where we're going. If he continues this growth, you've got a real chance with him. You don't have to worry necessarily about finding yourself a starter in the transfer portal or leaning on A.J. Duffy to come in and make an immediate impact. Man, Gene, the futures look good for FSU in terms of win total. And, and to answer Josh's question from earlier about are they going to be in the top 25 next year, Gene was spot on. It's the transfer portal. You have to replace Keir Thomas and Jermaine yeah. Johnson. You've got to be able to replace those two. I like what McClendon is doing in some certain situations uh, on the field for us, but you're going to need more answers than Derek McClendon in order to be able to replace that type of impact that we have at, at uh, edge rusher right now. It's just, it's so comprehensively good. It's not good for Florida State, good for the ACC. It's legit really, really good. That's going to be a major hole unless they can go into the transfer portal and go find themselves another stud this offseason. And Tom, I was thinking about this too. It seemed like you're talking about how Jordan's developed. It seemed like they've called and they've recognized that the coaching staff, they're calling this game differently than just what they would have called it a month ago. They go into this game immediately. You think they're just going to run, run, run immediately. They, they put Jordan on the spot and have him throw the ball around and it caught BC off. They didn't expect him to do that. It's yeah. because I think what they saw, what happened last week, that they know they can depend on him not only to run the football, run the zone read, but to also go back in the pocket, make, like you said, make a check at the line, make the reads, throw the throw the little outs, get guys in space and do those things in rhythm on time. 
And man, for the most part, a couple, like I said, a couple throws, maybe a little behind some guys here and there, but for the most part, man, you couldn't ask for more. And it's just amazing his development. And just, we saw the signs last spring and a lot of the fans were upset early on. He's not developed. He's the same guy. And it's a different thing in practice, obviously, than in games. But now we're seeing it translate to games. And the coaches are now going, okay, it's working in games. We have confidence in him. We can open up the playbook a little bit. And it does so much for an offense. When they have to respect him running, the zone read, you got some good running backs, the line's blocking better. And all of a sudden, they got to respect you vertically a little bit and horizontally. Man. That's fun. That's when it gets really fun to be an offensive player. That's when the offense does what it, what Mike Norvell did at Memphis, where, why you got yeah. so excited. There was one play today. It's a simple one. I, I don't even know. It might have gained 15 yards. But it was an RPO and a pop to the seam to hit Cam McDonald. You know, and that's the essence of this offense is you want read option. You want the quarterback to be poised enough to see an opening, get the linebackers to flow down, and you hit the tight end of the seam. If we get ourselves a legitimate tight end in this offense – they're going to be one of your favorite players to watch. They might be listed as an H back or whatever, but these little elements of the offense, what I saw today, they're the things that in theory are supposed to happen all the damn time with a Mike Norvell offense, but you've just been limited and they've worked around it and they found a way as our, as our next guest, I see him in the green room right now. will often say this offense is going to find a way to score just about 30 points every week with Jordan Travis. And it's because they work to his strengths. The good news for all of us, his strengths are increasing. They're becoming more of them, right, Gene? Is this the bullpen, the holding pen? What are we calling this when we got guys, when we got our guests coming in here? We'll have the uh, – there he is, the Sea Dog. What's up, Corey? What's up, guys? You are How you doing? Li- you're, all right? not live from, you're not live from Boston, I'm guessing. No, correct. I didn't bring this banner with me. I'm, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm in my kitchen. Uh, but I but, uh, hope you guys are doing plane, well. Corey. You love the flights up to Boston. Oh, I figure you just roll yeah, the thing up and yeah. put it in the overhead. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. All right. So, so Corey, uh, go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, officiating, do you want to start there? Or do you want to start <laughs> with no Jermaine Johnson, Jordan Travis? Where do you want to start? Yeah, that, that was kind of what my column was about is like it, it, it was everything went against them. Everything went against them. There were four calls by the officials that changed the game. They, they, they weren't just bad calls. They were game-changing calls, I thought. And that's what was so that was what was so frustrating is the officials kept giving Boston College opportunities and kept not letting Florida State put the game away until the end where Akeem Dent finally put the game away. Yeah, it was uh, – Can you all hear me or am I, am I freezing? No, you, you froze for a second, but you're good now. And I was, I was curious about this okay. too. And someone, someone had asked, Corey, is this – the worst, and I said, I still think that Miami game, the Nigel Bradham might have been the worst one from beginning to end. We've seen a horrible call here and there, and I thought if there would have been a bad call or two at the end to, and BC would have won, then I said this might have been the worst officiated ACC game of all time. How, how does this rank on your all-time worst ACC officiated games? I mean, it's up there. It's on the Mount Rushmore for sure. It was uh, it was an awful game. Again, Jamie Robinson, like, what's he supposed to do? I know by the letter of the law, it is what it is, but that kid is a huge kid. You have to tackle him low. Nobody expects him to slide short of the first down marker. I mean, that, that's crazy on a third down run. Um, all of it was just the, the 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 OPI on Jordan Wilson cost you seven points. It cost you points. That game doesn't even come down to the final drive if it's there not it for is. that. I mean, what right there, Jamie Robinson is already starting to lean forward. He has no idea that kid is going to slide. Yeah. He's trying to tackle him at the legs. Um, it, it's just, it, I mean, right there, he's right going there. down. Yeah, he's he has no idea. That. He's still up. He could turn into him. 
And you're talking about yeah. what a 250 pound quarterback versus a 180 pound defensive back. Yeah, I mean, it's a Roethlisberger versus a corner. Um, it, it, it's crazy that. And then the OPI on Jordan Wilson was ridiculous. Uh, the pass interference on Amari Cooper, I thought was ridiculous. It just happened to be by Boston College's sideline. And then I don't know if I've ever seen a guy be called a, a tackle be called for that play. Uh, which cost, again, Florida State a fourth down conversion where they were going to be at least in field goal territory and probably put the game away right there. Um, so, yeah, that's what's frustrating. Plus, they got so close to that strip sack and fumble that ended up they scored on the next play. I'm not saying that was the wrong call. It's just they were so close to getting that. It felt like the game was slipping away and they were going to blow it. Um, and as a Falcons fan, I know when you have a big lead like that, sometimes it can get a little, it can get a little dicey. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, the way they held on, what, what the offense did in the first half and then that first drive of the second half was just enough. I mean, yeah, 26 points. You, can, you I mean, you're five and six. It's just crazy where they are right now. Yeah, and it's uh, one of the things you've written about extensively in the past, too. You have this great defensive line, and that's one of the storylines of this. Not a single holding call, of course. We never saw a single hole in the game on um, BC either, despite having Jermaine and Kier and these guys running rough out. Right. A couple things I want to ask you about. Let's let's get away from the officiating. I'm sure you're going to write about that more. We'll hear about it. But uh, I guess let me start on the offense. I want to talk about the defense in a minute, but the offense. What Jordan Travis did, we noticed immediately the coaching staff has renewed confidence in him. They're calling plays now as if he can throw right off the bat. He's throwing the ball around and throwing it with confidence. Um, well, how different, I mean, did you see in the last couple weeks – what he's how he's grown in terms of being a complete quarterback. Yeah, it kind of really started in the Clemson game where all his big plays were in the from the pocket. They didn't do anything outside, and now they've kind of just uh, embraced that a little bit. Um, you look at this game, the kid that made the plays with his legs was the other quarterback. Like Jordan had some first down runs, but that other kid, he didn't keep any drives alive on third down with scrambles, and Florida State's got to get better on third down. They are mm -hmm. terrible there, and they continue to be terrible. Third and short, third and long, it doesn't matter. But Jordan Travis throwing the ball is a real thing. He can do it. We've seen it. And just wait until he's got a little bit better talent out wide. And let's see what it looks like then. Because those guys, you know, if he just had a Flowers, if he just had the Flowers kid from BC, that mm. kid made a ridiculous run. Florida State guys don't typically do that. Pokey had a nice one on the first touchdown. But they don't have special guys. They might have some special guys coming in. And let's see what he looks like with one of those guys. Because he's – you believe in him now as a passer, don't you, Tom? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're talking to me. Of course, I believe more now after seeing Clemson, Miami, and this than I did like, – I didn't think it was possible for what we saw in camp. Because, Corey, we saw it in camp with Jordan Travis. There, when he's wearing the green jersey, yeah. both the spring and the fall, he's making plays, going through progressions, and he has the calm lower half in the pocket. But, you know, again, when that non-contact jersey is on with that offensive line in front of you, it's much different than when you see live ammunition, right, on the field. And you saw some of those bumps on the road when Florida State played Notre Dame the opening week. It's like, all right, maybe he's just not able to slow it down enough when the game is live. But now it's a trend. It's almost – I'm to the point now where I expect him to make two or three really good throws next week on the road in Gainesville before it was yeah. just throw it, just throw it enough so that you can use your legs to be a weapon. Mm -hmm. It's gone to a different place now, Corey. You're absolutely right. And and listen, I think for my money, as good as Jermaine was and as good as Keir Thomas was, I wanted to lead the post game show. I thought that was as sharp as Jordan Travis has ever looked. A lot of the throws and decisions he made showed great poise and processing of information down the field. I don't know if you agree, but I thought this is his best performance yet. 
Oh yeah, maybe North Carolina, but that was a different kind of game. He only threw it thirteen times. This one he had they had to win with his right arm, and they won uh, in large part because of his right arm, and then those two defensive ends you talked about. But yeah, man, you're again. You start to get a little like imagine that guy with some weapons, the same running backs um, who I'd like to be a little bit better than they were today. They didn't. They didn't seem to run hard in the first half. They had some nice runs there, mixing in the second quarter. They didn't start out great. Um, and Toa Feely's got to learn not to run backwards. But but that'll happen. He still he saw his touchdown. But overall, when he gets more skill around him, imagine not having to diet like it, the run game won't be such a big part of what he does, right? It'll be something he can do, like the Jerkovich guy. Like that's not he's not what you'd call a runner. Like, like he's going to run it sixteen times a game, but he can run and extend drives. And that's what Jordan Travis's legs could be used for in the future. Not, you know, first down carries as much as he's doing right now because he's so good. And he's starting to get real, real comfortable in the passing game. And that makes everything harder to defend. And Corey, really to me, the MVP of the game was the defensive front for Florida State. It took you mentioned Jerkovich. Imagine what this score would have been if not for the 80 officials. They probably hold him in the teens. You've got a, a really yeah. good offense, really one of the top quarterbacks in the league, one of the top receivers in the league, and you really, for the most part, held him in check. And that's all due to most of his pressure. There are a couple of times guys got open the secondary, but he couldn't get the ball to him. That's Jermaine, Keir. Just give us a little about what, you, what the effort those guys put forward today and how important they were to this victory. Oh, they were everything, right? Like that that's the reason they had 3 points at halftime. That's the reason you got a, a 23 point lead is cuz the only drives they had, the only field goal they had in the first half was on the uh um uh, the two ridiculous penalties. That that's the only way they moved down the field at all. They had 90 yards of offense in the first half. I legitimately thought if Florida State if they don't give up that long kick return and they get a three and out right there and then go score again, they probably pull Jerkovic because he was getting killed. And they wanted to save him for the last. I mean, they had no chance. Now, what they did in the second half is they started double teaming Jermaine, and uh, you know that worked out a little bit better, but not much. Again, you're literally about a fingertip away from winning the game on a strip sack by Jermaine in the fourth quarter. He just doesn't hit the ball. He hits the arm and not the ball, so it's ruled incomplete pass. But I thought those Keir Thomas is great, man. To be the other defensive end transfer, he's he he's incredible. I mean, he had he had he had five quarterback hits today. He had two six two sacks, and then five other times he knocked him down. Just a great game by him. And Jermaine's just a game wrecker, as Hasselbeck was saying on the broadcast. You mentioned uh, Jerkovich, and we brought up earlier, it sure looked like that, if you saw that replay, it looked like his his head hit the ground. He was stunned. Why that, isn't there supposed to be an official up there from the ACC to see when a guy could be concussed to pull him off? Why didn't pull him off and bring him to 10 at that point? I mean, what's Gene, that guy there on, for? Why are you That's, asking you, these questions? You're there for an entire game, one person to do one job, and you see that obviously the guy's hits the, head hits the ground. What what is he up there? Is he maybe at that time he was back in the press box getting a soda or something? He didn't watch the play. Or getting know. some chowder. He's probably getting some oh, uh, clam they chowder. Have or something. Yeah, yeah, man. So okay, that that explains it. Thanks, Corey. You know, beforehand, you understand. It, was you understand. It, it was interesting. The entire staff. Pick Florida State, even though Florida State was a three-point underdog. I think it dropped to two by game time. Three-point underdog, but everybody on our staff picked Florida State to win. You're saying coming off an emotional win against a rival, you're going on a road, you know, a team with a really good quarterback. You understand why everybody picked BC, but we didn't. Because why is that, Corey? And why were we all right? Because we know this metal, the mentality of this team is so different than what it's been the last few years. Well, I'll be honest. I think Ira screwed up my pick because I did pick Boston College to win, um, and he 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 picked Florida <laughs> State. So I'll, I'll admit to that. But 
My, my thought was, and I said this before the game, and I just wrote it, uh, this is the most impressive win Norvell's had, in my opinion. But it's not the most important. The most important was last week against Miami. Yeah. But to, to this stretch of at Clemson, NC State when you're flu-ridden, Miami at home in a really emotional physical game, and then having to turn yeah. around six days later and play that team, that kind of team, up there on the road, and to jump out like that and then hold on, Again, this is where you know where a culture is being built. And it's yeah. not just a one-off. It's not just a fluke. That's really impressive, man. So you're starting to believe now, right? Like, I wouldn't be stunned at all if they go down and beat the Gators. I might actually be surprised if they don't with the way they're playing and how much, how hard they play for this coaching staff and each other is really commendable. It's a real fun team to cover. I can't stress that enough. After 0-4, especially the first half against Louisville, I was like, man, this sucks. This this isn't fun. This isn't what we get into this job for. The last two months have been really incredibly enjoyable. Yeah, they really have. Anything else you got for Tom before we let Coracle go and write his stellar column that you should all be tuned into to warchant.com to read? No, man, I I guess I, I just want to ask. It's been a good year for you. Your Braves won the World Series. Uh, your mm. uh, alma mater is playing some good football. I don't know if, if anybody's heard about Georgia football, but it's pretty good. Uh, Charleston <laughs> Southern has, baby. Florida State's. How about those Falcons the other night? They put on yeah. quite the show. Well, Gene, come on, calm down. <laughs> Damn, there's the wet to do it. There's the wet blanket. But the Knolls are five and two in their last seven football games. They're five and two in their last seven football games. Yeah. Wow. Is this the happiest you've been in five years? Ten years? What do you think? Yeah, I would say it's the most fun I've had covering this team since probably thirteen. Uh, 14 was fun, but there was also the – we all know what was happening on 14. Yeah, this is the most fun I've had covering this program since 2013. They are just really fun to watch and talk about and write about. They are not overly talented, but that doesn't mean they can't be fun to watch and appreciate. And I hope people are appreciating what this team and what this coaching staff has done because this is an all-time turnaround from what was going to be a disastrous season. It's really impressive. Court, before we let you go, they put up the stat right after the game. I don't know if you saw that. It was interesting that there's only been two other Power 5 teams that started out 0-4 that made a bowl. Um, so, I mean, Florida State going for history against the Gators, and I'm sure you're looking forward to that trip down to Hogtown. I think it's, it's still 3-3, Tom. Have you been checking the scores up in Missouri? Yeah, what last I saw, early second quarter, 3-3. I don't know. I'm a little torn on that because, Corey, I'm afraid they might leave Mullen up there if he loses. They won't let him back in Gainesville. So I I, I kind of don't want the interim oh, coach to come in. Right. Odell, they'd be inspired to play for him. We need to make sure Mullen makes it for one more game, right? Yeah, and then Norvell can get him fired too. He's the yes. coach killer. I like it. Corey Clark, Warchant.com, senior writer. Looking forward to your column coming up on Warchant.com soon. And, uh, of course, you can watch Corey on Seminole Headlines and uh, Wake Up Warchant podcast. You can listen to every day. Subscribe on your various feeds, Spotify, Android, iTunes, all that good stuff. Thanks for your input, I love Corey. everyone. Have a good one. See you. <laughs> he always leaves it with love. And that's yes. right. We. We're loving life right now. It's six to three, Florida. By the way, Gene, that's the score. Ah, uh, they got a field goal. Look at look at Eric. He's already feeling confident. That was supposed. Oh my goodness, Eric. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I mean, listen. If you're talking about buy-in, uh, yeah, this team is more bought in. This team believes in where it's going. Florida doesn't know what it is. Although it's impressive that they're holding Mizzou, which is a pretty good offense, to three points. Yeah. How do they give up what forty some points to Samford at half, and they've held Missouri to three? I, I, that that team is wacky. 
I do not know what that's about. I do know that uh, we're not going to take any new callers. Uh, yep. Terry, our screener, I don't know if the software is messing with you again, but we've got three in the queue currently. Yep. Uh, I don't have information on them right now in terms of names. We'll go to them in just a moment. But uh, before we get there, I've got to remind you, everybody, teampaper.com brings you the War Champ postgame show all season long, and we are very thankful for teampaper.com. 80 cents of every dollar you spend at teampaper.com goes directly to the players that are a part of the Team Paper program. It's the era of the NIL, everybody. It seems crazy, but it's the way it's going to be from here on out. You can pay players. It's a thing. And Team Paper recognizes that the big players, the big-time stars, the quarterbacks, the point guards, whoever they are across the sports are going to get the lion's share of the money. But that's not what Team Paper is about. Upwards of 20 Florida State Seminoles, a part of the Tallahassee Bundle. Remember, when you go to TeamPaper.com, use the code WARCHANT to get $10 off the Tallahassee Bundle. And every dollar gets spread evenly among those upwards of 20 Florida State Seminoles at TeamPaper.com. And remember, if you've already supported them, thank you very much for doing so. Basketball, softball, more sports on the way. Supporting FSU athletes, one purchase at a time. That's TeamPaper.com. We really appreciate their support of the War Chant postgame call-in show. So we have a few callers remaining, Gene. Let's get right to them. Uh, Alex, I believe this is Alex in Fort Lauderdale. You go ahead, sir. How's it going tonight on a victory Saturday for the Knowles? Welcome to the program. Doing great. Uh, I'm FSU fan 1993 in the chat, by the way. Oh, awesome. Well, we appreciate your contributions as well. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Probably going to be a future pillar member, you know, once we know. But that's a little, a little, little side of the show. What do you think, Alex? But I have two quick points. I said probably going to be a future pillar member at some point, but – yeah. Oh, absolutely, sir. Well, what do you think about the game? You got any thoughts on FSU BC? Two, two things. One, FSU needs to file an injunction against the NCAA for officiating because I I've never seen anything that terrible. <laughs> yep. That's don't, well. We don't disagree. You're, we're all on the same page there. Yeah. I, I think it would have to be against the <laughs> ACC, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. We. It, My we, second point, though. Yeah. Is. We need to get, like, Jeff Gordon or Dale Earnhardt Jr. to give a pep talk. I'm not taking your foot off the gas. Well, okay, so what what plays or what drives or what moments, Alex, do you think that FSU took its foot off the gas for today's purposes? It, it, it seems like after that first touchdown in the second half, minus all of the officiating, that it just took – it just seemed like we couldn't get anything going either in the run game or the pass game. And I know every time we tried to do something, it was negated by – some guy not lined up or some fancy right. penalty. But it seemed like in the Miami game, we had an opportunity just to put this away, and we just don't seem to have that instinct yet. And I, I just, it's not like a specific drive. I always just feel like in the second half, we come on a little flat, and we, we the team always seems to jump on that like indecisiveness, is maybe a better word to call it. Well, I think that's a it's a good call, Alex, because I think it's a larger concern. I just don't know that it materializes much today. I think I think I agree with Alex in the Miami game. I think that was an issue. They went they were flat to begin that second half. That's absolutely accurate. And that obviously you had the big lead. You had a chance to really put them away, and you didn't. This one was a little weird because you did come out the beginning again. We've said it over and over. They came out beginning of the second half and went right down the field, decisive drive, and just. Yeah, pummeled them, and they drove. And yeah, BC answered. They were going to answer, and they they drove down the field in a, a horrible, ridiculous. When they converted a fourth down, they were already within field goal range to score again, and it was another bad call that kept them from doing that. So, yeah, 
you know, they. I think the next drive they went three and out. You never want to go three and out, but it does happen sometimes. I mean, this isn't quite – it's better. It's not a well-oiled machine just yet. Um, I was a little bit more disappointed defensively, and again, how much that was officiating or not, that you let BC score three straight touchdowns in the second half. To me, that yep. was a bigger issue really than the offense. Yeah, agreed. And and as Corey brought up, you know, third and obvious, you know, you're just not getting the stops yeah. that you need. One of which was a, a broken play. Jerkovic, that you, Jerkovic has run for over 60 yards in all three games prior to today that he had played meaningful snaps. He got hurt against UMass, but he played Colgate, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech. Didn't matter. He went for over 60 yards rushing in each of those instances. And that counts sack yardage against. So you got to know on third and forever that, that his legs are a threat. And we just, we, you know, we fell asleep a couple of times. Yeah. So I agree. And and Alex, I, I see you in the in the chat saying the call got dropped. Now, my man, that's me. I'm just, I'm quick to hang up guy. That's who I am as, uh, as the monitor, uh, the call monitor here. But we appreciate the call and we look forward to hearing from you next week on the post-game show. I just, I don't know that it's, that it's a huge issue today, but yeah. I hear you. The good it was for Miami, though. Yeah, I if, agree. If, if we're getting mad about Florida State not finishing, that means they're in position to win football games. And remember where we were at 0-4. <laughs> what an improve! It's 5-2 and two in the last seven games. All right. This is what we're talking about. Uh, we now go to unnamed caller from the 772. I go out to the 772. Uh, I believe that's the east coast of the state. But go ahead, caller. Who are you? And what do you want to talk about? Hey, this is Rick Heasley. I'm calling from St. Augustine. What's up, Rick? All right. Program. No, I'm happy to be here. Just, um, you know, just want to reiterate to, to everyone, you know, more than anything else, I was there with my brother, you know, watching the Notre Dame game. And I, I will take this win as ugly as it was, you know, no matter what the circumstances were, even if it was officiating, which was god awful at best, I will take this win over a, you know, an ugly uh, win over a god awful loss. So just want to say thank you guys for everything that you do and appreciate everything. Hey, we appreciate your perspective, hey, Rick. You, Rick. There's there's a lot to feel good about today. Even though the officials tried to ruin your day, it's like a thunderstorm or a hurricane on a wedding day. You know, it just ruined the proceedings. But we persevered here today, Gene. Florida State showed the toughness to get the win. There's a whole lot to feel good about that we've seen the last seven weeks. It's great that we're bitching about officiating, and rightfully so, and that we're, we're complaining about, you know, they were a little flat at times, uh, this and that in the second half, then put them away. But, you know, they got the W. It's nice that you can have these complaints, yep. and Florida State gets a get to win. How far this team has come in just, uh, you know, since the beginning of the year and since last year that we're to this point. But, you know, sure, there's still a few things that need to be cleaned up, but, I mean, that's a great call, uh, Rick, to tell us, yeah, I mean, this it's great that the way this program is trending. You know, you got to like the foundation that's been laid at the heart of this team. They're finding ways to get wins, even though there's some adversity against them. Um, it's all positive, man. We're one game away from being bowl eligible. So this is an exciting time. Like you said to Corey, man, this is a, it's a fun time to cover Florida State. Yeah, uh, this is the most likable team in a long time, football-wise, yeah. easily. I mean, they're like we've said it, I'm a broken record. There are some teams that were a lot better than this one like 10 wins or better. And you just didn't like the guys, you yeah. know what I mean? Like just about the culture and then the way they went about their business. This group is giving you everything they've got every week. There's just so much heart on that sideline and in that locker room. It's, it's hard not to really rally around these guys. Brad, I agree too. There were some low points in special teams that kick off yeah. to the yard line. Uh, a couple other moments where you just go, Oh, this is, this is what we do. But special teams did show some signs of life. Punt coverage, I think was the best thing that we saw today, pinning Boston College back inside their own 10-yard line. I think it was three separate occasions, and yeah. one of those times it sets up a safety. 
Special team sets up two points. So that cannot go unnoticed. So that's a good comment, Brad. That's true. Linda brought this up, and I we haven't got to see. You can watch the uh, post-game press conference with Mike Norvell on War Chant. It's right on the front page of War Chant TV, or it's on this channel, the War Chant. If you're watching War Chant right now on uh, YouTube, you can watch that. Um, I'm curious, had FSU lost, if he would have mentioned the refs? I'm guessing yes at some point. At some point, I know Mike's very cool and doesn't like to do that, but I think had they lost the game for Florida State, yeah. My yeah. guess is they might have been brought up once or twice. Yeah, you thought, guys. You thought you could have gotten it and taken it from us. but that's a, And that was a, that's a scene that we saw about 50 times today, Mike screaming down that line, Judge. But uh, you guys tried. You tried your best, but you failed. You failed. The last – I don't know why the background changes every time I do that, but that's really uh, interesting. I, th- I thought you did something like, well, Tom's changing stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I'm all about all kinds wow. of different sports now. Let's see. It looks like it disappeared, Gene. Well – just pardon our dust, folks, while we take our final caller. There it is right there. I believe, yeah, it sure is. 53rd call in the history of his time at War Chan TV. We go to the Villages. Gene, you know who? Uh, Wes, I know who this is. There's only one from the Villages. All right, Wes, welcome to the program. Let's go. What's up, fellas? Let's go. Hey, I, I was working all afternoon and uh, didn't get to watch the game, but I, I got a bunch of text uh, and uh, somebody – Everybody's been talking about the officiating. Uh, glad we got the win, but my thing is, do we dub the ACC and, uh, and refer to them as another crappy call uh, with regard to the uh, officials? Because apparently there was a lot of, and I'm sure you guys have touched on it, but uh, that, re- that was one my comment. My question is, uh, did you guys hear that Adam Fuller got to break the rock? I did hear that. And also... Uh, who is bringing the sod back if you can with that field the way it is up there because it is a sod game, which is awesome. And uh, I'll hang up and listen. But before I go, you know, i got to cut the promo, make it yep. quick. You all support Team Paper. You guys subscribe to the YouTube channel as well as warchat.com, the best in the business, the Luna Coffee, Zaxby's, all of it. Get on it. Support support it all. It's all good things. The, the content coming out is off the charts. Uh, another another good win. Got to go down to uh, Gainesville next week. I plan on being there and uh, get us bowl eligible. Uh, you guys keep up the good work as always, and I'll hang up and listen to what you got to say. Go Knowles. Be good. Bye. Thank you Thanks. so much, Wes. Good call there. I'm, I'm going to do this, Tom. I think I can show the picture. This is from yep. – they got mad we showed the video, but there it is. So you are correct. That is Adam Full. That's a great photo there. That You can get that on FSU Football, their Twitter feed. They put that out. Really neat photo of uh, Adam Fuller. They got the mad rock. that we showed the video from last week? Well, yeah. No, not last – whatever it was. Last year at one point we showed the thing and we got whatever. Oh, okay. It's the YouTube, whether it was them or it was the YouTube overlords, whatever the deal was, they did not like that. We're only promoting your product, but, you know, whatever. You're, oh, we just lost Gene. He looks like he might have left the studio. You are now watching Solo Cam on the War Champ postgame show. I'm sure Gene's going to be right back in a moment. But, I mean, come on, guys. We're, we're promoting the program. We're all Knowles here. That's awesome that Adam Fuller was able – to break the rock in that situation because to me folks i think what that means is he might have saved his job why would you let adam fuller break the rock if you don't anticipate bringing him back next year that would be my question gene it's all right i covered it because that that's i'm hitting too many buttons here you know when you give me <laughs> to do i just hit the big x button and i hit that was not the leave that whatever whatever i, I screwed up yep. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah, somebody just said YouTube heard you. They they pulled you. They're like, yeah, they're like, don't you dare. Yeah. So Gene, I, I was just saying that's a big moment that he breaks the rock. To me, that signals that he saved his job. 
I would think so. It'd be a bad look for a guy to break the rock and then one game left and then you fire him after that. So it's amazing. A month ago, it seemed like a foregone conclusion that he was done. His, he was going to play out the season and be gone. But, man, that defense, it's yep. really turned. And I don't think people realize this is a really good offensive team they went against. And even with the aided ACC officials, I mean, only managed what they did in this game, 23 points. And, you know, half of those points were given to them. So oh. it's been a great job by the defense. And, yep. uh, I mean, you got, I, I think, rightfully so, Fuller. I, I don't know if I'd had Fuller in the whole defensive line breaking the rock, but, I mean, I'm very happy for him. Good guy, and uh, hopefully this trend continues. Yeah, and, well, that's, I mean, that's mom- that's huge, Gene. You know, just because we were talking off the air for all fall long about hot boards, defensive coordinator hot boards, yeah. and you have to break one out. It looks like you can just throw that in the in the trash yeah. bin. That's the end of it. Okay, that. That is quietly a really, really big deal that we'll have to react to on WarChan TV in the days to come. Reminder, tomorrow uh, we have the Sunday Smash with Jeff and Ira. On Monday, 1 o'clock right here on WarChan TV, there's going to be the Jeff Cameron Show. As always, 1 o'clock every weekday we go live. We will be taking Thursday off for Thanksgiving, and this is our opportunity. Slackers, I actually let him get a day off. I can't believe it. I'm going. <laughs> I'm getting lazy and freaking soft in my old age. It's our opportunity, though, to say to all the callers and commenters and everybody who subscribed to the channel and they have it. This is your first time by. We wish you a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Yes. Hope you enjoy the heck out of the turkey and uh, being together with your family. That's something that not everybody got to do last year, and uh, certainly I think it's we're getting back to that place again where it's it's a special day. And if you're in one of those houses divided and you're talking about Florida and Florida State football in that coming Saturday, guess who gets to puff out their chest a little bit more at Thanksgiving? It would be the members of the Noel contingent. Uh, Final thoughts, Gene, Uh, anything that you have before we wrap up another edition of the War Champ Postgame Show? Yeah, just another step in the the progression of the staff of Mike Norvell and everybody. You know, they've just we've seen it little by little, man. They just keep getting seems better and better and they keep overcoming more and more obstacles and they build on that. It's one thing. It's the old adage. What doesn't kill you, make you stronger. When they have adversity, they overcome it and they're better for it. It builds more confidence on more confidence. So that, you know, today, you know, they had to overcome a lot of stuff last week against Miami, all the momentum, you know, some crazy plays that went against them in that second half when they lost the lead and they were over to come it. And this week they had to overcome on the road, against a, a you know a good team not a great team a decent team and yet overcome all the crazy official calls it would have been easy again to just get so frustrated with that and just yeah. pack it in but they didn't they kept their composure they went in and they they did what they needed to get the win it wasn't as dominating as it probably should have been it doesn't matter the w is the w you were the better team you deserve the win and you got the win so yeah good, good on them and before we wrap up to answer Wes's question, even if it's fake turf, somebody finds a way to take a haircut of the turf and bring it. Yeah, home. I did. I didn't have not seen. I haven't had enough time to look at that to see who did we. Did you bring that up? We don't. We don't know who got the turf back yet. So yeah, Kier, Dax, it says Kier was okay. Hopefully, Dax is correct. Well, that would be a great choice given yeah. that he had seven tackles and he could have had eighty-four sacks today if he wasn't held. <laughs> <to TV. laughs> um, and and somebody made a point earlier that you know from all the the, the calls. You know, I think here in one situation didn't want to wrap up and drive the quarterback to the ground because God knows he would have been thrown. But you see when he does that, he hits him, his arms are like this, and then he's like this. He's like, I don't want to get called. Right. And that's that's the legacy of this game beyond the fact that the Knolls improved to five and six and are now five and two in their last seven football Mm. games with this roster. The other headline is you tried ACC refs. You tried your best, but you weren't good enough to best the Knolls today in Chestnut Hoe. Florida State improves to five and six, have a chance at a proper Bowl berth with a win over the Gators. 
as we sign off tonight, we're going to be watching that game, I'm sure, Florida and Missouri, as uh, they're into the late part of the second quarter. We, again, thank everybody who commented today on YouTube, Facebook, Live, Twitter, mm -hmm. Uh, the folks who have hit the like button on the video, if you haven't done so yet, please add yourself to the list. Today's a good day, Knowles. Hit the like button. It's happy times in Tallahassee and, and everywhere in Knoll Nation. If you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do so. And remember, we've got all kinds of great content. If you're not done and you want more coverage, stay with us right here on this channel. We've got post-game reactions. We've got Mike Norvell's press conference, selected player interviews, and the war chant rap, I'm sure, if the technology allows, with Corey and Ira will be coming as well. So, for Gene Williams, the founder and administrator of Warchant.com, who will be putting out the stat bomb on Warchant.com tomorrow. My name is Tom Lang. I'm the director of original content. We're going to do the first ever Warchant postgame show after FSU Florida next week, wow. 10 to 15 minutes. That's right. We didn't have one last year, Tom. We didn't have one. So it's time. Let's roast some gators, everybody. You enjoy Florida week. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.